Kara. Megan. Did you hear about this thing where we beamed a message into space? Yes, I watched the video. <laughs> so it's incredible. Kara just did for the Patreon an episode on Tesla, Nikolai Tesla, which was really fascinating. And in part of that, she talked mm-hmm. about aliens, which made me remember I'd meant to talk to talk about this. Yes, it's so funny. So, for whatever reason, <laughs> I don't understand why Lexington made this connection. They I'm not against resources it. on. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's communicating. Like, I don't think of with other world. I don't associate Lexington, Kentucky, with aliens. Aliens? No, not at all. But unless shop lo- or not shop local Kentucky for Kentucky had anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> or Kentucky kicks ass. Or yeah. Okay. So here's what it says. Okay. Basically, we used an infrared laser. We, as in Lexington, I speak right. for all of Lexington, mm-hmm. to beam we a message people. into space to invite extraterrestrial travelers to visit Lexington, Kentucky. The first thing you'll here's what it says. The first thing you'll notice as you descend through Earth's atmosphere <laughs> above Central Kentucky <laughs> is the lush green countryside that surrounds Lexington's vibrant city center. That's our famous bluegrass. And then it goes on to describe gentle rolling hills, horse farms, and bourbon. <laughs> Which I'm like, bourbon is a alien, great... Drunk aliens. <laughs> great. And then it suggests places to stay and eat and shop. And I'm just like, how long will it take this message to travel right. to aliens that would hear it? None of these places will still be here. Right. And then if you go up the hall or just a hop, skip, and a jump, you'll find some moonshine in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. Maybe you'll come across Bigfoot. They were, the agency who came up with this said it worked with scientists and scholars to beam the message toward potentially habitable planets <laughs> in the Trappist-1 solar system 40 light years away. Oh, my gosh. I freaking love it. It's amazing. The guy in charge, um, he, he said, we brought together experts in engineering, linguistics, digital media, <laughs> philosophy, and science fiction to design, debate, and transmit this message. It was sent with FAA approval and has a coded bitmap image. <laughs> The bitmap, bitmap image is the key to it all. We included imagery representing the elements of life, our iconic Lexington rolling hills, and the molecular structure for water, bourbon, and even dopamine because Lexington is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, from a marketing perspective, it's brilliant it because is, yeah. this made worldwide news. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but it's also just such an odd thing to do i know i know i love it i love it so <laughs> much big fan yeah was it during covid that um was it the horse park or keeneland somebody did like the horse AM- asmr where the horse like comes up to the microphone and then they know. set like a peppermint down and then it like breathes into oh. the microphone like it was the most <laughs> relaxing if you've been around horses or like farm animals and stuff that was just like the most relaxing. Relaxing that sounds so sounds. cute. Yeah, I loved it. Lexington's um, great. I mean, Lexington is fun, mm-hmm. and we do have really pretty rolling hills and bourbon and a high crime rate. But you don't really. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Part. That's fine. That's fine. Um, the other thing I want to tell you guys is I just learned this today. <gasps> you all know my obsession with Maura Murray. Oh my gosh! Um, the her family were coming up on twenty years since mm-hmm. she disappeared. She disappeared on February 9th of two thousand four. So on the 20 year anniversary, February 9th, 2024, her family is releasing a new podcast. So crazy. I think that it's the fact that 
her family is behind it mm-hmm. is what makes me most excited about it. Yeah, I can't wait to listen. So it starts on February 9th, which is next Friday, and it's called Media Pressure Season 1, The Untold Story of Maura Murray. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this because, of course, I the Maura Murray case is one that just... Yeah. <laughs> it's baffles. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I keep thinking maybe I should do... It would be an episode. It would have to be a series of episodes yeah, to cover yeah, everything sure. in, in her mm-hmm. disappearance. But then I always think there are other podcasts. The whole podcast is it's just dedicated about her to it. Yeah, that have done it so well that I don't think that I have anything yeah. necessarily to add to the conversation. Um, but it might be fun to do just a live chat on Patreon yeah. at some point, oh, yeah, let's just to that. talk about it mm-hmm. because, man, it's a case that you you maybe can just we talk all about go forever. listen to this first episode of. The one that her family releases, and then we'll I'll yeah. chat about it. Maybe we could put something in the Discord. Yeah. Um. So if you are in the Patreon, or you want to be, <laughs> yeah, join the Discord and listen to this, and we'll I'll put some stuff in there to talk yeah, about fun. it. That'd be fun just yeah. to chat about it. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. Because my gosh, yeah. what happened? I know. Poof. Anyway, Kara has an episode today. Anyways, listen, real talk. Uh, I should have had this episode out last week, um, but life and I did have it recorded. Yes. But <laughs> when I was editing it, I was like deep into editing it. I was like, this, this sounds off. <laughs> like, you know, when you're talking, you just are like talking and you can hear yourself, but you like just keep going. Like when you're reading yeah. stuff. That's yeah. So I'm listening to it again and I'm like, oh no, this isn't right. I merged two different families, <laughs> which stories together. Yeah. So she started out talking and it about wasn't one accurate. Family yep. And finished with another, but merged never them and yeah. Didn't realize that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a jumbled mess of info. Um so Megan gets to hear this all over story, again. <laughs> She'll hear new details and old details. Yay. <laughs> uh I got a ghost story to throw at you all too. Oh fun. Um, okay, so we recently got this. I think it is Brittany. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's Brittany. She's here in Nicholasville. She said, I've been meaning to email you my local ghost story, but life. However, after what happened to me last night, I had to make the time to email you today. It doesn't help that I've been listening to the two girls, one ghost podcast. It's brought a lot of my ghostly experiences back to the surface. Mm -hmm. Anyone from Jesmond County is already aware of Camp Nelson and the Civil War history surrounding it. My dad, stepmom have lived there since I was around seven, so about 30 years. They bought a lot of land off of Fort Bramlett, which is directly off of Old Danville Road, not far from Camp Nelson Cemetery. It's beautiful out there. Uh, I added that. She did say that, but it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I have always felt a presence on their land, but never evil. One night, everyone had already gone to bed, and I was upstairs in my room reading, so it was very quiet in the house. Suddenly, I started hearing music. It was faint, but I could still make out what sounded like a piano and laughter. It reminded me of the old bar scenes in movies where there's a piano playing and the men talking and laughing. I assumed that my dad and stepmom had decided to stay up and watch a movie since it sounded like an old western. I opened the door, peeked out, and nope. The house was pitch black and there was no TV on. Oh my god. No one else was awake. As soon as I shut my door, I heard the music again. I swear I thought I was going insane. This went on for a while but didn't frighten me too much, so I just went to sleep. (laughs) I could never. No, who could just be like, I hear I, ghosts. I hear Western I ghosts. Fine. I was gonna, I'm, I'm sleepy. I would, I'm, not, I would not be sleepy. Would wake me up more. Yeah. yeah. 
My God. I'd have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I'd be calling you up, Kara. Can I please come spend the night with you? Can I? Can we just hide somewhere? There's please. ghostly There's, cowboys here. Yeah. <laughs> ghostly cowboys. And I can't even see them, so it's really not worth it. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know what they look like. This was during summer break. So the next day, my dad and stepmom had gone to work and I was home by myself. I decided to shower in their bathroom, which is located on the main floor and not far from the front door of the house. While in the shower, I heard a door open and assumed it was my dad coming home early from work. Following the door sound, I heard what sounded like boots with spurs, which my dad didn't wear, of course. I freaked out and yelled, Dad? But didn't get a response back. I immediately got out of the shower to check around the house. The front door was still shut and locked along with the other doors. No one else was in the house with me. Yeah, I would not. not there was definitely something else in the house. Yeah. Boots with the spur. You lost me for a, a serious, whole course yeah, in my head. <laughs> a serious cowboy. Like legitimate cowboy was in your house. Oh, my God. Spurs. Man. Mm. Okay. Later that night, I started telling my stepmom what happened before. Or no, what had happened. Before I went into the details, she asked, you heard the music, didn't you? <laughs> but, okay. But, this is like, Mom, you, know about you need to you know about let this? me know things. Yeah. I guess this was common occurrence at their house, and they didn't tell me because they didn't want to freak me out. She said they had been told that their land may have been part of the refugee camp that was made up of African-American men and their families. The men had flocked to this area to enlist and train for the war. She proceeded to ask if I heard the boots as well. This was also a common occurrence, especially when she showered. She told me that nothing evil has ever happened and not to worry about it. Luckily, that has stayed true for years. You want to tell the people about Camp Nelson? Yeah. So I was going to look. In case you all aren't familiar with Camp Nelson, um, it is a 525-acre National Monument Historical Museum and Park. It is in southern Jessamine County. My mom used to volunteer volunteer there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was, like, just an accepted thing. Yeah, there's a yeah. ghost. Um, there's, like, the the house, the building, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And that's where she would volunteer. And she was oh just, like, gosh. stuff would be in one room. Yeah. And then Ooh. it would all suddenly be in a different room. Ooh. And it was just, like, oh, yeah, it's the ghost. And there was not any – it wasn't a joke. That wasn't, like, a maybe it's a mm-hmm. ghost. It was just, like, as if you were saying – yeah. You know, yeah, this person moved it. Yeah, the ghost moved it. Right. Like just that's just what it is. It's fascinating. It's wild. Um, anyway, it is it's an American Civil War era camp. It was established in 1863 as a depot for the Union Army during the Civil War. It became a recruiting ground for new soldiers from eastern Tennessee and enslaved people, many of whom had fled their living conditions to be soldiers. So it's I'm just a- curious about the cowboys that were there. Hodgepodge of activities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been to several like ghost hunting things mm-hmm. um at Camp Nelson. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of a as a well known oh yeah. Haunted spot. haunted area. Well Brittany says fast forward to years later, and now my family and I have a home on part of their their land. We've experienced minor things here, but nothing similar to their house. We're currently taking care of their animals while they're out of town. Last night I went to check on their inside cat. I had already gotten a little, or it had already gotten a little dark outside, which had me feeling a bit on edge. Hmm. As I entered their home, I immediately felt a presence. Having this type of thing happen my entire life, I just went on about my business and ignored it. No, what? <laughs> I just don't know how. How? I guess, like she said, she this has gone on her whole life. So yeah, that's true. It was normal to her. While in their basement, I heard what sounded like the door opening. I assumed it was my fiance, but didn't get a response back to me yelling, "Babe." 
Then I remembered that I had actually locked the door behind me and had the only key to their house with me. Oh my God. Well, shit. <laughs> As I started making my way back upstairs, I heard what sounded like footsteps. Those damn boots again. I turned off the lights in the basement and ran up the stairs. Guess what? No one else is in the house with me. So I grabbed my shit and left. Yeah. When I got back to our house, I started telling my fiance what had happened. He has never had any ghost experiences himself, so he just shrugged and acted like I was freaking myself out for no reason. <laughs> He's like, oh, honey. Yeah. Suddenly, the hall light flipped on by itself, and it sounded like the door from our garage into the house had opened. I guess their ghost was lonely and decided to follow me home. <laughs> it's more than welcome here as long as it doesn't cause any trouble. I'd love to know more about the history of our land. If anyone is a history guru and knows anything about it, send it my way. Thank you all for taking the time to read my story. Keep being the incredible beings that you are. Love you all so much, Brittany. We love you, Brittany. Thank you for listening. And thanks for sending yeah. that in. That is mm. crazy. Now we need to sleep there. Oh, no, I'm just, I've oh. had a lot of sugar. Oh, Megan's going to bounce out of her chair. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you all saw our Instagram story, but I brought us crumble cookies because it's Friday and I've had a very long week trying to get our, I host these makers markets in the Oaks and it's a full one. It's a lot of people and yeah. a lot of things to deal with. And I've been dealing with stuff at the coffee shop, hiring people and trying to get it all ready. We passed our state of inspection, by the oh, way. Oh, great. Yay. Yeah. So it's just a hot mess and I needed something, a little treat. And then I called Megan and I said, do you want a beverage? And she said, yes. And I said, how about some French fries? Yeah, she so said, it's, sure. It's a very healthy So here we are. Here. Doing it's been great. Lots of unhealthy snacking, but Megan's high I'm on bouncing sugar. in my seat. Mm-hmm. I was like, is she cold? No. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Megan's usually the one that comes across these interesting and lesser known stories, but I came across this in our email and I wanted to share it. Okay. Um, it's from a really long time ago, so I hope these people are still listening. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike is the one who sent it. He said, you two have heard of the Salem witch trials, I'm sure. My wife and I visited Salem in 2020. One of the more interesting stories is about a man named Philip English. There's a lot of really cool and some really sad stories about the trials that would make one or two interesting witch podcasts if you're interested. And he goes on to tell me the story about it. So, let's talk a little about the Salem witch trials. Megan's covered these, and you can go back to those episodes how many did you do? Some in Patreon and some in regular? Yeah, they're on the regular. Okay. Feed. I think we've done four so far. Yeah. Uh, the Salem Witch Trials happened in the spring of 1692 in Salem Village, Massachusetts. It began when a group of young girls claimed that they're possessed by the devil and that local men and women were bewitching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it caused a lot of panic and fear in the community. And uh, they created a special court in Salem to hold trials. And the first person convicted of witchcraft was Bridget Bishop. And she was hanged on, in June. Total of 19 people were hanged. And around 150 were accused of being witches, men and women. And by September 1692, the hysteria started to calm down as public opinion shifted on the matter. Mm-hmm. I am going to tell you about a couple who was accused of witchcraft but managed to avoid a fate that many of these others faced during their trials, which is wild to me. Also, I think that you touched on this a little bit, but in an article, um, it said that, did we talk about the wheat and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? As a theory. Yeah, there's a theory going around that um, there may have been some fungus 
And that caused like all the twitching and the people's skin to crawl and to feel like they were being like tormented and like put them in pain and stuff. And it was a fungus that grew in the wheat. And so when they made bread with yeah. it, they're saying that it could have caused some mm-hmm. of the symptoms that people were taking Hallucinations as being and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all over mm-hmm. again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately Mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get or like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to TYMOBeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. Okay, so Philip English came to Salem from the Isle of Jersey when he was 19 in 1670. He married Mary Hollingsworth, um, who she comes from a wealthy family, and he comes from kind of a wealthy family as well over there. And at the time, 
they the family has a tavern called the Blue Anchor, and Philip builds a successful trading business with a huge fleet of ships off of kind of off of Mary's father's coattails, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he becomes a selectman in Salem town in 1692. So he's like high up there. He's doing the things in Salem. Mm-hmm. But before he moves there, Mary's family had some challenges too. Mary's mother, Eleanor, like I said, had the blue anchor tavern and her husband was away at sea a lot, kind of like Philip now. Mm-hmm. Um, she had some financial troubles, but then ended up clearing their debts and became pretty wealthy and independent but she faced witchcraft um, accusations in 1685. She passed away in 1689, but she left a huge inheritance for Mary. Oh, wow. So Mary grows up with money. She has nice things. She's probably pretty quick-witted and outspoken. Oh, and so she's know, definitely mm-hmm. a witch, for sure. Yeah. yeah, so we know back then those qualities could sometimes get you labeled as a witch. God. So they have two kids while they're here dealing with this tavern, which is what I the story I started telling you about the last time. But then they actually have eight children <laughs> at the end of all this. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but the other people had two kids. <laughs> so they're in Salem and they're just living their life. They're doing all these things in the town. They're out there. Like they're people see them living their lives. Like they're a part of everything. And they don't really have the Puritan beliefs that mm-hmm. Salem people do. Um, so that's kind of already. So they're not Puritan one. and the woman has a personality. A personality and nice clothes. And husband's away a lot with oh, his goodness. ships and this stuff. This is bad. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Yeah. And also Mary's mother was already accused of being a witch. So they're probably like, Mary's a witch. Oh my God. She's got to be. Um, there's a Susanna Sheldon who accused Philip of being a witch. She said that she saw Mary's ghost with a mysterious man wearing a tall hat. And so then Abigail Williams, of course, Abigail Williams claimed that a ghost told her that Mary's a witch. Mm-hmm. So good old Sheriff Corwin comes to Mary's house and he's like, hey, Mary, I got to arrest you. It's late at night. And she's like, you're not going to right now. What you're going to do is you're going to turn right back around. And you're going to come back in the morning because I need to sleep and I'm going to eat my breakfast. <laughs> I'm real tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. This can wait. I also enjoy this. Like we got to arrest you. Some little girl said you were a witch and we believe her. Some right. child right. said this Some and child so it's clearly said, true. Exactly. So Sheriff was like, I'm sure Mary, whatever Mary says. I mean, <laughs> he's never had that happen before. Right. Exactly. Like, so like, usually they're like, okay. <laughs> this was like, I kinda no. Like, he's like, I kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see a little turned on right now. Let it play out. Let's see what happens. (laughs) So the sheriff was like, okay, I'll do this for you, but I'm going to have my people watch your house uh, to make sure you don't escape. And so she's like, fine, I am going to eat my breakfast um, and we're going to chat about it. So it says the next morning, Mary was taken to a room at the cat and wheel tavern and they they don't have a ton of history on this. You know, we don't, we don't have. Yeah. Aside from the trials themselves, whatever was talked about in the trials, there's nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. They also, the husband was French. Like I said, they were of different faith. Um, And also Philip would go after people for like legal disputes over property rights. So they already are thinking Mary's, Mary is just different. 
Mm. We don't like her. We don't want to be different. We don't like her. She's not one of us. So they question Mary in Salem for three weeks. They move her to a Boston jail to await trial. So Philip is then accused of witchcraft. He spoke out against his wife being arrested. He's like, y'all are crazy. I love my wife. She's not a witch. And if she was, I got along. That's probably what he was thinking. <laughs> um, but then Susanna Sheldon claims that Philip had pinched her during a church service, causing her a lot of distress. <laughs> he hurt me. He pinched me. Uh, later, she accused him of threatening her and even claimed that he had committed murder. She said that he threatened violence if she didn't do what he wanted. <laughs> also, there's a William Beale accused Philip because of the past legal dispute they had in 1690. He blamed Philip for his severe nosebleeds and deaths of his sons. He said that it was revenge for Beale's testifying against him. Jeez. People. Um, also, like I said, people in Salem were kind of iffy about philip he was involved in international shipping so they were like oh he's doing weird trades and buying weird things (laughs) he bought and sold properties and like i said he went to court over these debts because he would buy the properties and either people wouldn't get you know like it's an eviction like Mm -hmm. now yeah um so he was just doing what he needed to do to get his he was a businessman exactly and like i said he's in a different religious group people didn't really like immigrants so they were just like, he's got to go. Glad that's changed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's got to go. He's got a lot of money in this town. We don't have that money. So we need them out of here. Pretty much is what they're saying. Yeah. Those immigrants come in here and mm-hmm. taking all the jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. This is the 1600s and this is still ridiculous. Oh my God. So stupid. Jeez. Oh, okay. Immigrants. So, we get, get the, the job, job done. done. I love that. <laughs> we should have a Hamilton moment um, oh, later. So good. <laughs> Okay, so they get an arrest warrant for Philip. They issue it for him, but he's in hiding. He hid in a secret room and later fled to Boston, hoping to use his influence to help his wife Mary get released. So he's there chatting it up with people like, hey, listen, like we, this is absurd. She doesn't deserve this. She's not a witch. I'm not a witch. We're just business people and we're living our lives. But then he realizes that it is causing Mary more harm than it is good for him to be in hiding. Mm. So he comes back to Salem and he's like, whatever, just arrest me. I want you all to leave her alone. On May 31st, he's examined by magistrates and sent to join Mary in a Boston jail. It's weird that they don't keep him separate. Did he like, did they make him get undressed and do the whole thing where they look for a witch's mark? Or was that only something they did to women? I don't know. I don't know either. It wouldn't make sense if it's only something they did to women, but it also wouldn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Well, do we, Giles, Corey, did they? I don't know. They just stacked a bunch of rocks on top of them. Yeah. Okay. Philip's friends, some of them were, you know, in Boston, and they allowed Philip and Mary to leave during the day, leave jail during the day, as long as they would come back at night. They trusted them that much. They were like, listen, we know it's uncomfortable in here. You go just have a walk. You go just like relax for a little bit outside of jail. Wait. Their friends in Boston did that? Mm-hmm. I thought you just said that Philip went back to Salem. Okay, he did, but they sent him back. So oh, they sent him to, to jail. this jail yeah, with her. That's yeah, right. He in Boston. That. Sorry. Yeah. I was so distracted. By <laughs> the sugar going buzzing <laughs> through your head. She probably literally has buzzing through her body. <laughs> okay, so they're in Boston for about nine weeks. And trial is getting ready to begin in Salem in August. 
But they're like, you know what? We're not going to go back. <laughs> we don't want to be accused of witchcraft. We don't want to be hanged. We don't want to be, you know, poked and prodded. So, and we don't want to go through listening to those kids again. <laughs> We're just over yeah. it. Just like how you want to arrest me? Not today. Not today. And the same thing. Yeah. That's, that's a tombstone. That's I a tombstone. love it. Okay. I don't believe I'm going to let you arrest me today. Not today, today. Sheriff. Yeah. Not today. So in New York, they get the help of Reverend Joshua Moody, Governor Phipps of Massachusetts, and Governor Fletcher of New York. And they didn't believe in the Salem trials. Mm-hmm. They were just like, this is stupid. Y'all are stupid. I don't know what you're doing over there. I mean, that's the thing I think about the value of like larger metropolitan areas. They have such more, more of a mm-hmm. mix of cultures and beliefs mm-hmm. and people that they aren't so easily like, if you're different, you must be bad right. because they're so used to the difference. Yeah. And it's like celebrated. Norm. Yeah. yeah. And you understand that just like people yeah. come from all different sorts of it's backgrounds. It's just a hodgepodge of life. And yeah. it's um, like, it's electric to be in. Like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's such a crazy. I think that's one reason. Community. A friend of mine, this has been a few years ago that we had the conversation, but he mentioned how he's like, you know, Megan, my parents, like they live in a really small town in mm-hmm. Arkansas and my friend, my parents have never even met like a, a, a Muslim. Oh yeah. They've never met like an Indian person. Yep. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. I for, yeah. I forget, I forget that all the time. Yeah. But that there's lots of places if they're People have lived no their culture. whole life in this small town. Yeah. And I don't mean it as an insult to those people, but it's also like, it never, like all they have to go on is what they're around and what, is what the media with, says yeah. or what's in movies. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that like, these aren't, yeah, like they're just people. They're just, yeah. They're just people who grew up in a different yeah. culture than you did. Oh yeah. And that doesn't make them evil. No. No. It's wild to me how yeah. people can't just humanize a different culture. Yeah. But then if they've never had any personal experience interacting with someone from that culture, they don't have anything to base it on. No, except and I think the it's media. scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's wild. It's nuts. It is really scary. It's nuts. Can you imagine the breath of fresh air Mary felt when she was in New York and able to be herself? And she was probably around other women of like mind. Yeah. And just, I don't know. She probably was like, I don't want to go back. No, I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't either. I can wear my lace up here and I can have opinions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I can I mean, wear it was red. hard for a woman no matter what, I think. But like, it had to be better I can than be it was. beautiful. Puritan <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can be a new man. Exactly. New York. New York. You, you really can. So the trial's in May 1693 and Mary and Philip decide to go back to Salem. And they're like, you know what? We're hopeful that things are going to get better. Well, it was 1693. So the witch trial hysteria is it's, basically over. Yeah. Yeah, so they're no longer going to be arrested for fleeing. They're, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's done. So they get home and they realize that the house had been robbed by Sheriff Corwin. (laughs) And um, unfortunately, he's the good guy. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff supposed to take care of the people. It just kills me the lack of self-awareness that the accusers had. There's some articles that I was reading that said that the sheriff had told people that the money that he took from, or the money that he gained from all of the things he got from their house, uh, the English's house, he gave back to the people. But the people were like, he didn't give us crap. We didn't get anything from him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, Mary got sick with tuberculosis and passed away after she had their last child. Oh, no. A year later. Yeah. Once they returned to Salem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all she saw was the drama from it. Yeah. 
Philip had lost a lot of money and everyone kind of took all of their stuff. They took his ships, they took furniture, they took silverware, wine, animals, everything. <laughs> and then they let the town loot their property. And they were just like, whatever, you can have whatever you want to, I guess. So Philip English writes down all the things that are taken from him, how much it all costs. And in 1696, the sheriff dies of a heart attack. And some people are like, you know why? <laughs> Giles Corey's curse. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but before the sheriff dies, Philip English gets like a lien on his body. Mm. Because he's like, I'm going to recoup my losses. See all these things I wrote down? That's what that sheriff owes me. Oh, wow. So, so I when he dies, him. I get it from his estate? Yep. Yeah. The sheriff's family is just like, no, he's ours. Um, we're going to have a funeral. And Philip is like, oh, okay. Philip had himself and some of his men stopped the procession. They took the sheriff's body. And the family's like, oh, crap. You mean business. Here's silver and jewels. Just give us our body back. I don't understand why the body itself was worth anything. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Also, there had to have been a plan. He was a crappy man, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> why would you want him back? Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe it was just like, this was just him being like, I've got his body. He did all this to me. I've got his body. Yeah, true. Maybe he it, didn't even care about, about the money. The right. It, yeah. Um, there's also rumors that, uh, the sheriff's family hid his body in their basement to stop Philip from trying to dig it up. So, I don't know. Who knows? This is old and nobody really knows the truth about it. <laughs> he goes back to his normal life in Salem. He continues his shipping career for 50 years. God. I know. In 1722, he writes some letters that they have proof of to a John Towsel, um, who is possibly the person that married one of his daughters. So, it's kind of like she's following in daddy's footsteps. But mm -hmm. on May 31st, 1733, he does something that to me is just like kick rocks Salem. Mm. He in his will gives a piece of his land to St. Peter's Church. It's the first Anglican church in the city. Um, Philip passed away 1736 and they buried him in the cemetery of St. Peter's Church. 1833 they decided to tear down the original St. Peter's Church to build a bigger one um, and when they were expanding it they went over the old graves in the churchyard, and it included Philip's grave. Oh, gosh. Also, at the same time, they took apart Philip's big house on Essex Street, and they discovered a hidden room in the attic. And people think that this room was built when the Englishes came back to Salem, thinking that they might have to if, hide. Uh -huh, what if we get accused again, and this is going to be where we hide? Oh, wow. So he brought in a new church, basically, to yep. be a, Said, a counterpoint yep. to the Puritan Yep. He said, this belongs here. You know, you all can't have just one faith. There needs to be a mix. You, Not everybody believes what you all believe. And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, there there needs to be some forward thinking on this. Yeah. But also kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a great move. <laughs> yeah. It was very smart. I like that he did that like with his death. So he I wouldn't know. actually be there to see it, but he knew that it would be good for the yeah. city and going forward. There. Well, that's a good story. I know. Now that it's actually the full one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yes. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're so welcome. All right. And um, thank you all for listening. Yeah. And we love you. So much. Goodbye. Goodbye.